Hey, everybody. Uh, we're going to get started. Thanks for coming to the Breaking Into Comics panel. Um, all of the panels this weekend are going to be recorded, and all of them will be online at the dollarbin.net at some point in the future. I don't want to promise a date. Um, so if you'd like to listen to any of the panels that you miss, want to listen to one again because it was so awesome, or want to pass it on to your friends, it'll all be online. Uh, in the interest of the people who might listen otherwise, if you'll each introduce yourselves so we can get everybody's voices. Sure. Hi, I'm Joey Weiser. Uh, I'm the author of the Merman graphic novel series from Oni Press. I also a frequent contributor to SpongeBob Comics as well as several uh, other graphic novels and comics projects. Uh, my name is Jackie Lewis. Um, I work for Oni Press. I do. I did a book that came out a couple years ago called Play Ball, and I um, just finished up a book called Lion of Aurora that's coming out this summer. I think. I think it's announced today. Actually, <laughs> I haven't been online at all, but I think Breaking it got news. announced like today. So yeah, cool. Uh, my name is Bridget Connell. Um, I'm working on a book for Titan Publishing called Brother Nash, um, and I've, other than that, I've just done some sketch cards for Marvel and Written House. Uh, I want to start with um, a real popular trending topic on Twitter this week was what your first comic was. Hmm. Um, I don't necessarily want to ask you that, um, but I want to know when you first, what made you first decide that you thought you wanted to do comics as opposed to being a fan? Mm -hmm. When did you decide that, hey, I'd actually like to do something mm -hmm. like this? When you started, uh, when I was young, I was really into comic strips, and um, for as long as I can remember, I was interested in drawing and, and thought that I wanted to draw comic strips. And I also enjoyed reading uh, mainstream comics and things like that. And it was discovering uh, comics like Bone uh, by Jeff Smith, especially, and, and The Tick, and a few other indie comics around that time period that showed me that the sort of things that I loved about comic strips I could do in a long-form narrative. Nice. Uh, I, I think I kind of decided to do comics professionally when I was, like, out of college already. I had gone to college thinking I was going to be a doctor, which was hilarious. Um, and then I got my degree in theater. I did theater for a couple years once I graduated. And then, uh, then like, SCAD Atlanta opened up. And I was like, I'm going to go get my MFA in comics because that's what I wanted to do since I was, like, little. Like, I wanted to do comics, but I didn't think it was possible, you know? Like, you're always told, like, get a real career kind of thing. Um, so I... So so I, I had kind of written it off as a possibility, but then when I saw that I could get, like, a graduate degree and, like, actually do it, like, I don't, I don't know. That, that kind of was the turn for me. I had been wanting to do comics since I was, like, you know, five, I guess, but... But yeah, yeah, I never thought it was viable until later on. And then I decided to just, you know, go 180 and do the arts, basically, in my mid-20s. Nice. So. Um, I've always been drawing since I was a little kid. Um, and in high school is when I really found my niche. Um, I wasn't a very talkative kid, so I'd always be in, like, the art department. <laughs> and so... Um, and I realized something about myself in my art is that every time we had a project in class, I would draw a picture, but then I, at critique, I'd have this huge backstory behind all the characters and what happened to make the picture um, that, that particular moment. And so later in college, um, a lot of my college buddies were really uh, into comic books. And I'd been reading, like... Um, a lot of the old Marvel 90s comics um, 
when I was a teenager. Um, so my my friends were really into comics, and so then I started realizing that what I like to draw about what I like to draw and what I like most about art is that um, I like telling the story. So the sequential art allows me to tell the entire story instead of having to explain it <laughs> to everyone. I can actually get a chance to write and draw um, my own story. So you mentioned uh, in school. Yeah. I've I've talked to a lot of artists, and it seems like when they're in middle school, high school art classes, if they were drawing, you know, stuff that looked like comics that wasn't necessarily encouraged. Yeah. When you guys, I mean, obviously, SCAD, SCAD would encourage <laughs> yeah. that sort of thing. But right, yeah. but as far as when you were in lower levels of schools, like middle school and high school, if you were drawing in that style, were you getting encouragement, or were you getting what are you doing drawing that? I had, um, especially in high school, I had teachers try to defer me, like away from just an illustrative style, try to make me a little bit more painterly. Yeah. Um, in college is actually when I felt it, especially because um, we had illustration classes. We had, like, one sequential art class, but um, none of the professors were really um, specific in sequential art. And um, a lot of the professors in the art program at the college I went to were more painters and um, also uh, the whole, like, viewpoint to art like the like the um what do you call the like presentation or um no it's a performance art like they're like super super into performance art and um like yeah yeah yeah, more of that kind of thing and so yeah 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 yeah. and so with illustration Mm -hmm. they viewed illustration as like selling out so right, which yeah. is kind of wild to me. <laughs> so yeah. they, you Little know, the, they know the paycheck involved. Yeah, 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 the painters yeah. and stuff like that who did their own stuff and like had gallery space with their, you know, like their themes and stuff like that mm-hmm. were regarded higher highly as opposed to like the illustrators who would mm-hmm. do commission work. And to me, that just seems kind of funny because mm-hmm. um, with illustration, like and commission work, like, you get a chance to share that yeah. with other people, and, like, you get a chance to draw something for someone that um, you wouldn't have thought of necessarily and, um, you know, someone who doesn't necessarily have that skill. And to me, it's kind of a beautiful thing, but... Yeah. Yeah. So. What about you guys? Did you get any early encouragement? I don't remember ever being discouraged from drawing in a comic book style, and, you know, I was the kid who was always, like, the artist at my school, and so, like, kids would be like, oh, rad, you drew Wolverine, <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, no big deal, you know, um, and, and in art classes, I remember, I don't know, I always had good rapports with most of my art teachers. There was one I didn't, but... You know, she was just, that was just, like, her attitude in general. But she kind of did never discourage me from drawing, like, a comic book style. But you're also doing, like, assignments in school. It's like, draw this still life, you know. I'm not necessarily drawing Yeah, we're that finger and, painting like, today. We're making a yeah. pot. Yeah, we're making a pot. You know, I had, like, a metalworking class. You know, I actually didn't have any drawing classes until, like, I got out of college. It was my first, like, drawing class ever. Mm-hmm. And it was, like, a summer one at an art center, like, in Atlanta, um where uh, a comic book guy was teaching a comic book class, and I was like, I'm going to draw that, you know? Um, and that's when I started, like, inking for the first time. I had never inked before. So so I always was drawing, like, comic book characters and, like, you know, my original characters, where I was like, oh, I'm going to pitch this to Marvel, and it'll be the next, like, big thing. Um, but, but, yeah, I don't know. Other students, like, were always, like, really impressed, you know, because if you're the kid who draws, yeah. that's, like, kind of your thing. So, yeah, but I don't remember a lot of pushback from teachers, necessarily. What about you, Joey? Um, 
I thought of a kind of funny story. When Jackie mentioned that she went to SCAD Atlanta, that's the Savannah College of Art and Design, uh, their branch in Atlanta. I went to SCAD in Savannah. And when I was in high school, um, uh, around senior year, uh, our art classes kept having these visiting uh, people representing other arts, uh, art colleges that would come and do presentations. And the SCAD representative came and they had like a video montage and it showed like all their different departments and it kind of had a lot of focus on a lot of the other departments besides the sequential art department. But I saw like in the montage just some comic book pages and a brief thing that says like sequential art, comics, storyboards. <laughs> and so when it was time to ask questions, I was like, whoa, whoa what was that? Like, <laughs> and and the, even the, the representative there was kind of like, Oh yes, we have this department, but it's a very competitive field, which I know now is code for you're not going to make any money. But like, and uh, even then was sort of discouraged. But as soon as I saw that, I was like, "That's the college I wanted to apply for," and it ended up being the only one I like got around to applying for. Uh, and uh, you know, and it worked out well for me. Uh, but it it was kind of hard in those days to find because my art teacher in high school wasn't discouraging but it was a lot of like I was drawing lots of comics in class when I should have been working on my still lifes or whatever and <laughs> and she'd say you know it's nice that you have this passion but right now you're in class and you have to do your schoolwork <laughs> yeah well, I got more like pushback from like my mom I think where she was just like okay this is fine but like <laughs> let's think about like what you're actually gonna do yeah, it's you a know? nice hobby yeah it's yeah. a nice hobby mm. this is all right it's not good enough to be printed like like literally like saying like it's not good enough you know and she was right you know um but yeah yeah i think maybe i got the most pushback from my actual my mom you know <laughs> not in, like a really negative way just she's in, concerned like, oh, honey, yeah, you know? concerned, kind of. yeah, concerned. <laughs> yeah for sure as you guys were deciding that you were going to pursue it either creatively or you actually thought hey i want to try to pursue this to see if i can make money what do you think the best early advice you got as far as actually helping push you in a positive direction instead of you know, like you said a lot of people you know some people will tell you that there's not any money in it and some people will critique the art form but what's the best advice you got that actually helped you mm-hmm. going forward um you know, I, th- I think if you want to do it, it is something that you have to want to do and you have to want to travel for sure. Um, best way for people to get your stuff, to see your stuff is to get it online and promote it. Um, a good way for editors to see your stuff, because that's the people who are going to get you jobs. Artists sitting behind their tables aren't going to get you jobs. Writers sitting behind their tables aren't going to get you jobs. Um, you have to go to cons and talk to editors, find out if they're doing portfolio reviews. Do look on like the schedules for cons um, and see... If they're doing portfolio reviews and go to those and be like friendly and stuff. I mean, that's just like, like as like, as you promote yourself, like do that stuff, Um, like personal, like drive and stuff. I mean, yeah, if you want to do it, I mean, do it by all means, you know, it's Uh, a lot of work, though. it's a lot of work (laughs) and you'll get a lot of critique and you'll get a lot of like negative critiques and everything, but take it with the attitude of like, keep a positive attitude, keep it with, keep, keep every critique and, that you get, like, keep in mind that it's just, it's advice for how to get better. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's not like, don't do this because, you know, I don't like the way you draw that. And one person is going to love the way you draw something and one person's going to hate it. So, I mean, you'll get that yeah. a lot. It's a very subjective field for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I think, 
Oh, no, go ahead. Oh, I, I think uh, one of the things that helped me a lot was when I started learning about mini comics and zines. Mm -hmm. uh, that whole, th not necessarily a piece of advice, but that whole attitude about actually creating the thing that you want to make. Uh, because it's one thing to, like, draw your favorite characters and imagine that someday you'll do a comic with them. But it really helps a lot to, like, create your own 16-page story that has a beginning, middle, and end and have a product to give people uh, or sell people. Uh, and editors respond a lot more to seeing finished comics than seeing potential for comics. Yeah, like if you have your sketchbook with you and you're like, look, I drew Superman, like that's not as impressive as look at this original story that I yeah. wrote and drew with like my characters and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. And I know that everyone kind of gets into comics in a different way. Like every person who has a book out there um, that you see on the comic book shelves, like they've all done, com like there's no set route to get to mm -hmm. comics, mm -hmm. like to get to publishing. Um, yeah. Uh, there's a lot of awesome avenues that you can put your work out online. Um, a lot of great sites like DeviantArt and like even um, I know mine was kind of a, a weird one. Um, I had an editor from Titan actually uh, send me a Facebook message, and I've never heard of someone <laughs> getting contacted through Facebook about usually uh, it's comics. just to play you know Mafia Wars. Yeah, you know <laughs> Farm, yeah, Farmville. But um, he sent me a message on Facebook, and because um, I was putting my workout um, as a web comic, and there's a, a website called Web Comics Nation that if you aren't internet savvy at all, I would recommend it because I'm not, and it, it's really easy to put your work up online if you have a story that you want to tell. But he saw my work on there and um, asked if I was getting it printed anywhere and asked if uh, he could try to submit it to his higher-ups and stuff like that. And that's how I got picked up. But um, as long as you're putting your work out there, I think, um, you know. And if, and if you never, like, even if you don't get picked up by, like, a publisher, um, at least for the time being, like, it's just a chance to tell a story. It's just a chance to make art. Um, I'm still working a part-time job while I'm, you know, putting out this comic book, you know, I'm, I know this panel is called getting started in comics and I feel like I'm really at that first step, you know, um, but, uh, I don't think my life feels weird when I'm not drawing. <laughs> so, um, if you want to draw, just draw and make a story, you know? Mm -hmm. So Bridget, you know, got Facebook messaged. Uh, how did you guys first get uh, noticed or attention from one of your publishers? I actually was lucky um, in that going to SCAD, um, at the time um, the head of our department was Sean Crystal, who just finished up his Arkham Manor series um, with DC, obviously. Uh, and and he's really good. He knows tons of people in the industry. Um, and he would get to, at SCAD uh, editors in for, like, editors' weekends, uh, artists in for artists' weekends, workshops, and all that. Um, so that editors' weekend, I think, like, my first year there, um, he had Staros from Top Shelf, I think. Or maybe these are some of the people I just met early on. Uh, James Lucas Jones from Oni, um, uh, Calista Brill from for second, like a ton, ton of great people. Uh, and James is the person I wanted to talk to. Cause I was like, I loved Oni's stuff. I was a big fan of Scott Pilgrim, uh, before I started working in comics. 
Um, and I had picked up other Oni titles from find, fig, finding that company because those are the types of stories I like. That's the type of company I like. So I like laser focused on James. And I was like, <laughs> look at my stuff. Let's be best friends. You know. Um, so he you know, gave me critiques. Um, we got along pretty well um, because they were there doing portfolio reviews that weekend. Um, stayed in touch. Uh, you know, saw him throughout the next two years before he finally like contacted me and was like, yeah. would you be interested in trying out for a book with Christina Weir and Nunzio de Philippus? And I was like, heck yes, I would. <laughs> Absolutely. So that's how he actually contacted me. But he knew that I was like looking for something. And we had become pretty good friends over those two years. Um, but again, it was, it was me showing him my portfolio, you know, staying in friendly contact. You don't want to be, you don't want to be annoying essentially you know you don't want to like try to monopolize an editor's time you don't want to constantly be like reaching out to them on the internet if they haven't shown any interest um at all um you know find another editor uh and i think what helped was that i knew what james had worked on you know editors sit behind the scenes a lot they don't get a lot of recognition for a ton of the work that they do so if you know what titles that an editor has worked on that's huge just look look in the you know in the credits at the beginning of whatever books you read and see you'll see the same editors over and over again you'll be like oh i didn't know they worked on that so i think it helped that i knew what james had worked on also um so yeah so he's my editor now you know and he and i have a great working relationship and are really good friends and i think that that kind of has helped having a good attitude is really really important um and being friendly is really important so so yeah so i was lucky and i (laughs) specifically was like james give me a job you know (laughs) so so yeah what about you joy um when I think about me, my history of breaking into comics, it's, it, there wasn't any sort of one moment. There's a lot of these little moments, and mm-hmm. and when I, when I think of these, the sort of larger publications that I've had, it's all these like long, windy roads. Like for example, I was just thinking about uh, getting involved with the SpongeBob comics. Uh, that came about because a long time ago, I used to post on the flight uh, flight message boards, which was this anthology, mm-hmm. and I got invited to that. And through that, I met Dave Roman, who's a cartoonist, who was also an editor at Nickelodeon Magazine. And then a few years ago, I moved and was looking for work, and I emailed Dave to see if he could hook me up with some work for Nickelodeon Magazine. He didn't have anything for me, but the other Nickelodeon Magazine editor did, so he handed me off to him, and I started writing SpongeBob comics for Nick Mag, and then Nick Mag closed... <laughs> And then a few months later, I got uh, invited from this other editor, Chris Duffy, to contribute to the SpongeBob comics. So it's this multi-year, like you were talking about, winding road of like doing lots of little things, and then it eventually leads to like a, a kind of bigger publication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I know a lot of people who get their first comics job and then don't get another one for like five or ten years, mm. but they stay in it. And now some of them are like big names, you know what I mean? Mm. But they they stayed in you know, showing up to cons, showing their stuff, improving their work and all of that. So, so yeah, it does take a few years sometimes. We've mentioned it a, a couple of times already, but it seems like nowadays almost no matter what level of the business that you're in, all of your social media accounts mm. are very important now. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think you see a lot, particularly uh, artists, it seems like you need to have – a Twitter, you need to have Tumblr, you need to have DeviantArt, you need to have a Facebook page mm-hmm. that's public kind of a thing. Yeah. Not just for, like, you, you'll get people that maybe will do commissions mm-hmm. that you can make money without ever having to actually, you know, them just come up to your table at a convention, but it also just seems for people to know kind of who you are. Mm-hmm. Um, 
how much of that is um work and how much of that is just your regular social life <laughs> i think they're kind of the both yeah yeah, yeah kind of both. <laughs> i think for me because i'm working a part-time job and then like right after i work my shift at the job i come home and you know i'm up until like one two o'clock in the morning working on stuff so it's nice to like interact with other people who are doing the same thing like other artists and writers who are at a desk like most of the night um also it's you know a nice chance to be able to tell people that you're still alive (laughs) and that you are still working and you know because you are at a desk like by yourself um a lot of times that you know it's nice to share your work and get feedback um good and bad criticism with what you're working on um at the moment so yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm lucky in that most of my friends um, either are comic book creators or are really into comics or video games. Like, I'm super into video games. Um, supernatural. Yeah, supernatural. Yeah. I'm <laughs> At least from into... your Tumblr page. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm into fandom stuff, um, which is not ex- something I expected to get into, uh, but I totally am. Um, so, so it is good that, that most of my friends are just interested in the same stuff I am. So it makes it easy to self-promote. I find Instagram is really helpful to self-promote. Anything that has a tagging system at all yeah. is really important. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of slow to pick up on that stuff. I have a Twitter that is, um, like, very much uh, just kind of a fun thing, but I do post a lot of professional stuff on there. And then my Facebook maybe skews a little more towards it. I'd rather just have close friends and family on there. And I just uh, started a Tumblr late last year <laughs> to show how behind I am with that stuff. But, like, <laughs> it helps a lot. Like, the Twitter I got because I was doing a fundraiser for a graphic novel a few, few years ago. Um, and that, I don't think, would have happened if I hadn't had the Twitter. Uh, it's just so easy to get uh, your work and your message in front of people that wouldn't know you otherwise and would still be interested in what you've got. Uh, and yeah, and now I've been doing this uh, fan art project where I'm doing a uh, daily Dragon Ball drawing every day, uh, and uh, it's amazing how that stuff will suddenly uh, gain you a lot more followers than you were expecting. Yeah. Um, and hopefully those guys, uh, some of them, will be interested in your personal work as well. Yeah, I find I'll get, like, if I've done a piece of fan art or if I post a commission or something, like, I posted a commission, an Attack on Titan commission that I did, and that got me, like, tons of followers. <laughs> and then, like, as the months went on and I didn't post anymore, and I love Attack on Titan, but I don't do a lot of anime fan art in general because um, I don't draw on that style at all. Um, I started dropping off. Mm. But then I'll get, like, any time I post Adventure Time fan art, which I do draw a lot of, um, I'll get a ton of followers, and usually they stick around because I think, I don't know, maybe I'm posting more Adventure Time stuff in general anyway. So, yeah, sometimes people stick around. I would rather people stick around because they like my art, not just because they're into mm. a thing. Yeah. You know, so like Inktober, I did all these monster sketches, and that got me a bunch of followers on different, you know, media platforms or whatever, and they've pretty much stuck around and, from and what I can tell. I'd say that it, even if. M- a lot of them are just interested in seeing your Adventure Time drawings. There are a percentage of them that will be interested in your other work as well, yeah, and that's valuable. Yeah, totally. you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm like really grateful for anybody who decides <laughs> to hit follow at all. I'm like, thank hit, you. Hit. <laughs> wow. With um, we uh, Jackie touched on this uh, a little while ago too, but along with social media, it seems like 
you know, uh, comic book uh, creators have sort of a touring schedule every summer like a uh, rock band would, <laughs> where you look at all the places that will have you as a guest or even mm-hmm. better would invite you as a guest and you sort of make a schedule good. and try to hit as many places mm-hmm. as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, is that really kind of how your spring and summer is, that you make a calendar and oh, try yeah. to hit as many places uh, as you can and how... You know, how how important is it to not just be at conventions, but to have, like, stuff and, like you said, have pep and be friendly? Yeah, um, yeah, that's a big thing. To, just, just to try to get your name out there the same as you would on social media. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, yeah, totally. Like, I, like, as soon as January hits, I'm like, okay, what cons am I doing? Kind of try to line it up, make a post about, like... On whatever on Instagram and all like 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 a few weeks ago, I just like hand wrote like notes and I took a picture and I was like, "This is what I might be doing." <laughs> <laughs> Here we go. No official like announcements or anything, um, but yeah, you try to do that. Um, I, I've done as many as like six cons within ten weeks um, before, and I've done as few as like two for the whole summer. I was talking to Matteo Scalera a couple years ago at like Dragon Con, and I was like, "How many more cons do you have for before the end of the year?" And he was like. 11 and dragon con is like in september <laughs> and until the yeah. end of the year he had 11 oh and i was like goodness. that's bananas like and this is back and forth between like italy and i was just like it's nuts well it you used to be to up, like, it used to be real sure. it used to be real short like it mm-hmm. used to be nobody would do anything before free comic book day really mm-hmm. and then it would run hot and there might be something after dragon con but not yeah anymore but now it's like nobody really does anything right around Christmas, I think. Like but that's everything is else. It's kind of a safe zone. Yeah, but it, it, from <laughs> but like, after that, from like Thanksgiving to New Year's mm-hmm. Eve, you're safe. Yeah, like <laughs> and January. And then somebody's running shows yeah. the rest of the year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like January, I had a con, uh, which was like one of my earliest ones, Magfest, which is great. Anyway, I feel like I'm talking a lot. Wait, what do you guys? <laughs> you guys do? Uh, as, as far as <laughs> breaking into comics, <laughs> as, as far as breaking into comics, like uh, conventions are your best chance to like see those editors over and over again and mm-hmm. help them get to know you uh, rather than just tweeting at them or something. Um, and it's nice to just, and uh, like I was talking about mini comics, it's nice to have a thing that you can just give to people to remind them of your artwork and so they can see your progress as well. And I think that's been important for me over the years is seeing editors and publishers and they get to know me even if they're not interested in what I've got at the moment. Uh, when I do finally have my skills to the point or have a project that seems right for them, they already know me and they know that I'm friendly and they know that it would be decent to work with me. You know, uh, I think that's important. And it's also important to uh, meet fans and comics buyers. Uh, and I feel like as much as you can make friendships online, uh, I think it's a lot easier now to make uh, close friendships online and stuff. When you meet someone in person, uh, when I see people at conventions over and over again, uh, I feel like they become more and more invested in uh, my continuing body of work rather than just... Your, your convention um, friend, friends kind of become like summer camp buddies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You'll see them like six times a year, but you'll see them six times a year every year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what I generally do is I have like... I don't know, three or four shows I do every single year and then maybe one or two extra shows on top of that that's like farther away or somewhere I've never been before. Mm -hmm. And those shows that you go to over and over again, 
are definitely the ones that I see the sales getting better and better. I think uh, next year is when I'm going to actually try to go like more uh, international. Um, uh, when the book comes out, I'm mainly doing like a like local conventions, like South Carolina, Georgia, um, that kind of stuff. But uh, I'm going to try to. I think. Titan's actually having me go to like New York and California. So it's kind of like forcing me to go out of my comfort con zone. <laughs> so, but that'll be interesting uh, being able to travel like to different states and see different cons. Are you going to San Diego? I think so. Oh, I've, been twi- I've been twice. <laughs> I've never like set up or anything, yeah. but oh my gosh, I've it's walked in. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like a sardine yeah. can. Yeah. It's not, it's, yeah. Uh, Joey's mentioned a couple of times mini comics, and I think that's. I think mini comics and web comics are very interesting in that as a kid when I was growing up, I didn't know anything comic related that wasn't like Marvel and DC dudes punching each other. Mm-hmm. And then started to go to comic book shows and have friends in the industry and like, wow, what is this? Mm-hmm. You know, sort of a thing. But kind of something that Joey said is that a lot of time I think that like mini comics are like creators, they're for each other. And they're four to show off the work. But then if you look at everybody's table, they have T-shirts and pins and other things. And that's what they actually sell at the convention. So, like, how how different is that for, like, what you have at your table? Like, do you, how, much not, how much creating are you doing that's not comics these days to try to make money at conventions? Like, are you doing T-shirts and pins and things hoping to help fund the travel budget? Yeah, like I, d- I definitely make buttons. Um, I don't, I haven't done T-shirts before, but I make prints. You know, prints seem to do well. I actually like, I, I um, worked in a bookbinding studio for a couple years, so I'm like really into bookbinding. I'm really into making minis, um, and my minis tend to sell pretty well. That's actually cool. one of my big money makers is my minis. Great. Um, but it depends on the con. Like some cons, no one cares. <laughs> like they want this poster of like Marceline and like that's it. That's all they want. Uh, and some some cons, it's the books is what you know flies, which is great. And surprising. Like I did a, video, a MAGFest, which is music and gaming festival uh, earlier this year, and it was actually awesome for selling books. I sold a bunch of books at that one, and I didn't expect to. I thought anybody, everybody was just going to want game merch, but yeah, so sometimes the cons surprise you. So yeah, yeah. but I do like having other things. Like I have charms, I have buttons, you know, in case somebody wants something, but they just have like a buck, you know, mm-hmm. it's good to have different priced things on your table for sure, you know. So. How do you guys, uh, I think it's, uh, you, you meet a lot of artists, and writers, and it's seems like everybody sort of walk. Well, not everybody, but a lot of them walk a really fine line between being really self-critical and having a lot of self-confidence. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, at shows, and when you're, you know, for the fans and for editors, when you're trying to get people to look at your work and be interested, mm-hmm. um, how do you sort of manage that idea of? Whatever I'm doing, I think that I'm doing a good job and it has value. Mm-hmm. And the responses that you'll get from from both sides of the, from both sides of the industry, the people across the table that you're hoping will be customers, mm-hmm. and when you're standing in front of somebody's table and them looking at your art for mm-hmm. possible work, like how do you manage your self confidence? I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes I feel like I'm more comfortable talking to people behind a convention table than I am 
like in a social setting just because I feel like I don't feel super confident personally, but I do feel like this work can speak for itself. And so I make sure not to put down the work, uh, but I don't, I'm not like a hype man that tells people about how great my comics are either. But I do feel like when I have the comics in front of me, you can see them. And if you're interested, we can talk about them. And I'm happy to tell you about them. And I hope you like them. But um, it's nice to kind of <laughs> have that in between uh, us so that you can see the work. And I feel like the work does more speaking than I do. No it's carnival a great way barking. Of like, <laughs> <laughs> I can't imagine you at your table being like, hey, come over here. <laughs> Which I've had that yeah, happen where people are like, oh hey, come oh, look yeah. at my art. Yeah. And I'm like, no thanks. That, nothing <laughs> makes me turn around and walk the other way yeah. faster yeah. than someone yelling at me. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> what do you think, Bridget? Um, I, I like what you said. That was really well put. Um, I'm kind of the same way. I'm, um, unless like I'm like really good friends already with someone, I'm, I'm usually kind of shy. So, um, you know, I think the big thing is like at conventions, um, there's so many people there and so many like potential friends, um, that like, I just try to be kind, I guess. Like, I just try to, like, appreciate everybody for being here in general. I mean, we're all kind of like a, a big family, you know. So, I don't know. I guess I, you know, if I sell stuff, I sell stuff. If I don't, then I'll fake, I'll go home and figure out something that will sell eventually. But, um, yeah. I just like being at conventions. <laughs> so. if, if you are showing yourself, if, if it's a portfolio review, like definitely don't ever say, oh, this isn't my best stuff, because you should be showing your best stuff in a portfolio review. If it's at your table, yeah, that's, I mean, that's perfect. So, like, just saying, like, oh, you know, if people have questions, answer this them. This is this book, yeah. this is this book. Not like, oh, look at this, <laughs> pretty sweet. Like, nobody wants that attitude. Don't you, you love know? how I did this? <laughs> yeah, oh, those lines, not bad. Like, yeah, yeah, no, you don't want that. Yeah, just be nice, Yeah, yeah. I think is what it comes down to, and an appreciative of compliments. Yeah. I think I think what you said about mm-hmm. not a lot of people are real self-deprecating about their stuff, yeah. and sometimes it's you know sometimes it's just general conversation like oh, I only had a day for this and it was whatever. Mm-hmm. But if it's if you're ever showing somebody your stuff in hopes of work, mm-hmm. like you never want to like like the the phrase you know this isn't my best or whatever yeah. you know I've seen. Uh, people doing portfolio review immediately close it and hand it yeah. back to them and said, then why aren't you showing me your best stuff? <laughs> yeah. And that's, that was the end of that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, Editors have so much to look at. They yeah. want any excuse they can to stop. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some, some, yeah. Yeah. So, some of the editors for, for shows, even when they're doing like publicized reviews where that's mm-hmm. what they're sitting at the table for and that's what the line is for, mm-hmm. you know, they don't really want to be there necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're looking for something to knock them out, and your mm-hmm. attitude is, That's is kind really of that kind of number one. It is a very social thing. Yeah. Because um, you're but, not just selling them your art. You're selling them you as a person they want to work with. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I don't mean you as like, oh, look at how cool I am. I mean, like, could you do the work? Could you get it yeah. done? Also, if editors are like, if, if anybody asks you, like, how long did this take you to do? Don't say, like, oh, just two hours. You know, I'm pretty awesome at this. Like, no, be like, no, it took me a week to do this many pages. Like, let them know because they want to know. Their Editors will work with you on 
schedule stuff and they want to know what your pace is basically and they know when you're lying they know when you're <laughs> lying they totally know when and, you're and lying. deadlines so. can make or break your relationship mm-hmm. with them definitely oh yeah yeah and answer emails once you guys start doing comics and your editor is like where are your pages answer that email <laughs> don't don't be like oh, just avoid it until i have my pages to show them no answer them immediately like, yeah the yeah the whole the thing you see in movies where the famous novelist is not answering his yeah. editor's phone calls or whatever, They're yeah, like that doesn't wash it. when mm-hmm. you know SpongeBob needs to hit the stands next month. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and comics is yeah. a small industry. You'll get like people will know if you're not somebody who can deliver what you promise, kind of thing, or if you're somebody who just drops off the mat. There are people who have gotten jobs and then just dropped off, you know, the face of the earth and never answered emails and nobody nobody ever heard from them again. You know, that has happened. So yeah. If you had to uh, give, you know, we asked what the, you know, best advice maybe somebody had given you. What do you think you, what's the number one thing you would tell somebody if they came up to your table and said, oh, you know, I really want to do this. Uh, What do you think you would say is the number one piece of information you'd like to pass along? Probably if. Because I've had people come up and be like, they tell these like super long stories and they're artists, you know, and it's like, have you started this yet? You know, like you have the whole story down and they're just like, oh, I want to do it. I want to do it. And it's almost like what's stopping you? Um, if you have the time to, to, and if you've already written the story or have a friend that writes, you know, if you have the time, go ahead and get started. You know, nothing is stopping you except for yourself. So, I have a little mantra and then the, I guess this is a, peek into it when I start getting hard on myself but like it's if you don't make anything you have nothing is you just have to make the stuff just do it just make it and if it's garbage then at least you have the experience of making it and then the next thing you make will be better than the previous thing you made and it it's just the the step of actually making the thing is the hardest step uh to make that that initial leap and um you know, uh, I would I would advise though to start small. Start with short stories. Start with samples. Don't start with a thousand page epic, um, yeah. and maybe never get to the thousand page epic. <laughs> don't ever don't ever describe your story as an epic either. Like, yeah. no, nobody wants to hear that. <laughs> Let other people describe it as an epic. That's an fine. Epic. Yeah. Um, my big piece of advice is draw what you want to see. You know. Um, like, like you know, you know what kind of stories you want to read. You know what kind of stories you're into, what genre you're into, that kind of thing. Draw that, you know, or write that, or whatever it is. Like, like be like, oh, I love you know sci-fi, but I haven't heard any. I haven't heard of this you know story, and I'm really into this. And like, you know, figure out your character and figure out your plot and all of this. Like, like that's that's a big thing. Is draw what would excite you because you are the target audience in that case. You know, if you're if you're writing for you know, like kids stuff or specifically for a certain demographic or something like that, that's cool. But I would say definitely starting out, you know, draw and write what you want to, what you would want to pick up off the shelf. What's the famous uh, punk rock uh, mantra, be the band that you want to hear? Yes. (laughs) yes. Um, Well, I mean, I think if you walk around any convention like this, Mm -hmm. that is heavy on creators. Mm -hmm. um, You're not, if you walk around the whole convention area, you're not going to miss anything. Mm -hmm. Like somebody is drawing something mm-hmm. uh somebody has a book about you know werewolf zombies who play chess you know that's my uh, next pitch How uh, you <laughs> uh, i told you i read your tumblr um uh any uh 
any idea is capable of being put out there. So like, mm-hmm. you know, kind of like what Bridget said, if you have the time to imagine it, then you probably have the time to, to write something or to draw something. Yeah. Um, does anybody have any questions? Yeah. Where are the editors? Like, how do you find the editors? The book? And- editors are typically, if there is a comic publisher that has a table, so... Uh, th- that's where they'll be um, for part of the day, or you can ask. Uh, um, they might also be, you, you'll get an idea of who's there by looking at the programming gu- guide, because there might be a, a an editor's panel or a panel that has someone who's listed as editor at top shelf or whatever. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's probably a good place to start, is look for the actual comic publishers that have tables uh, rather than the individuals. Yeah, which is a lot of cons. I mean, C2E2, ECCC, yeah. San Diego, obviously. San Diego is hard to talk to anybody, though. And apparently New York is nuts. So. Chicago's getting that way, too. Yeah. yeah. Um, what, what, what Joey said, if there's a, there's a publisher, then they probably have somebody who can, even if it's just the people working the booth, they can give you some sort of vague information about if there's somebody there who is going to look at anything or contact information. Um a lot of places there won't actually, a lot of shows there actually won't be somebody there who's doing any sort of reviews. You'll have to go to a specific show to kind of check them out. I mean, even like really big shows, uh, sometimes there won't be somebody there specifically doing that. But if you, like, like these guys have said, if you go up and you're personable and you make sort of a relationship, sometimes you'll get somebody uh, to look at something. I think a good yeah. thing to do if you have a packet or a book or something that you'd like to give them mm-hmm. is to ask them if they want it now or if you'd, they'd rather you mail it to them. Because yeah. uh, different ones have different preferences. Uh, and that's also why uh, I keep hitting mini comics over the head is it's just nice to have something that you can kind of give them under the guise of, hey, I just made this thing, I'd like you to read it, rather than a manila folder that's three inches thick that they're going to look at and be like, I don't even know what this is. I don't know if I want to open it. Like, if they've got a thing with a cover that looks appealing to them and they can flip through it real fast and be like, hey, this looks pretty good, like, they'll take it home with them or <coughs> ask you to mail it to them or whatever. And Yeah, and make sure it looks well-crafted to some degree. Like, yeah. not just, like, Give them your best trash copy. paper that, like, you're putting together. Because like, <coughs> literally editors will sit in their hotel rooms after a con and have the trash can next to them and sometimes things go into that trash can yeah. but if it looks like something they would want to keep and take home so make it look good you know um then they'll keep that and take it home and i know editors who have you know stacks of minis like literally zines like behind their desk or whatever and sometimes if they need an artist on something they'll sometimes just go through and yeah. see like oh who's done what you know whose style might look good with this thing if they don't have anybody coming to mind so it's a great, yeah, it's a great way. And, and yeah, definitely have bringing a leave behind and asking if they wanted her to mail. mail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a great piece of advice for sure. And sometimes, and you know, sketchbooks and uh, stuff like that are also really popular nowadays as far as mm-hmm. handouts. And that, you know, it's the same, kind of the same thing as a mini comic is if it's a good quality, 
It's something that's kind of disposable that you can hand them, mm-hmm. but you can't hand them your portfolio. Like that's mm-hmm. that's something yeah. you don't want to leave with anybody. You know, that's uh, something you don't even want to carry around necessarily. It's everywhere, kind of awkward to review. Uh, like, yeah, you have to lay it out on top of the, their books, and it's yeah, kind they will. Of if you come at them with the eleven by seventeen portfolios, again, put them down on top of their books. Uh-huh. There's somebody I was talking to, and they're like, "That's the biggest annoyance ever." If it's just like, you know, yeah, what you're I mean? stopping them from making money. Yeah, while you have to look like, at your stuff. Get, get an iPad with like your portfolio on it. It's easier to flip through. And honestly, make sure if you want to do comics, make sure you're doing actual sequential art. Like mm-hmm. not just, you know, even if you're doing like full drawings of, of whatever characters or, or whatever illustrations, that's great if you're looking for cover work. Um, but, but usually you don't get hired to do covers like right off the bat. Do interior art. Do actual, you know, comic book interior yeah. stuff. Yeah. And if you need to ask artists about that, I mean, most artists are really willing to talk about that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. what kind of materials do you use? What kind of paper? What, you know, you know, ratios do you print things at? I don't know. You know, anything like that. And a little, little later today, there is going to be a very good panel about cover artists. And I think that's – it's. I shouldn't say funny because that, that makes it seem like I'm making fun of people, and I'm not. But – People will look at the comic book industry and they'll want to be an artist and they'll think, oh, I just want to be like a cover artist yeah. because that's, that's, easier. that's easier and that's how you get noticed. And all my it. portfolio is all these great covers I, I will do because I'm going to be the next Adam Hughes. Mm. And that is the hardest job to get. Like It's easier to get yeah. some, it's easier to get a job doing other things than walk. You're not going to walk into Adam Hughes's job, number one, because he's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But number two is because that's very difficult. Um, and, and, and that's another thing too. Like, like try not to get into the industry. Like, I'm going to be the next this person yeah. because you want your art to look like you. You know, you want it to be individual. You want it to be something that people will identify with you. Not like that guy who draws like Adam Hughes. Yeah. You know, because there's plenty of those. Try to just draw how you draw and draw with your own style and everything. You know. And it seems like you, like you guys said, if you're crafting something like a mini comic or you're doing sequentials. Mm-hmm. You really are. You really will start to craft your own style more than just, mm-hmm. I like Catwoman, so here's a picture of her yeah. kind of thing. And you mm-hmm. might, you don't know what that's going to be, but if you draw, you know, a strip out, then it really is going to kind of represent what you can actually bring to the table. Yeah, yeah. When you think about the things that you like, rather than just copying them, to like actually analyze why you like them. And mm-hmm. uh, you might find some common things or some things that you'd like to incorporate into your work. And, yeah, draw as much as possible. If you want to be an artist, just draw, 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 Mm -hmm. and it'll happen naturally. I feel like my art style is like my handwriting. I I don't have much control over it. Mm -hmm. It just You kind of just just draw how you draw. Mm. But you still have inspirations. Like, there's definitely, Mm. like, I have very strong inspirations or, you know, people that I've looked at as I'm developing how I ink or whatever. But I'm also not trying to draw like them. But, yeah, you just end up drawing, like, how you like handwriting, that's good. Yeah. What do they say? They say, like, mm-hmm. your 101st page is your first good page. Like, yeah. the more you draw, just, like, that's the better you get. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, an editor once told me a 1,000 pages. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is funny because I teach at SCAD now, actually, and I'll have students who have done, like, 10 pages, and they're like, why am I not already, like, published? And I'm like, <laughs> what? Like, you're, you're first of all, you've done 10 pages in your life. Like, come on. Like, I had, you know, I had drawn maybe 200 pages before James offered me anything. Um, and that was, like, intensive, like, you know, trying to really, like, work, you know, work out what I was doing. Um, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and you just figure it out. You know, don't worry too much about your personal style immediately. You know, you've, and it'll change, it. you know, like you look at somebody like Becky Cloonan, like she's come from like 
being very, very obviously, like, kind of, I think, manga-influenced in, in, in a great way, like, on an awesome way. I love her art. Um, and now it's become a little bit less so, or it's just progressed in a way, but, like, naturally. And so you look at her early stuff, and you look, like, at what it, what it is now, and, yeah, it's very... I think if you look at anybody, yeah. Yeah, I think if you look any at any artist's yeah. work... She was the first one. You know, if you yeah. look at really early stuff to what they're doing mm-hmm. now, you can see changes. Mm-hmm. Mike Mignola is a really fun one to look at. Yeah. Like, when yeah. he, back when he was... Just um, Michael Mignola <laughs> doing stuff for Marvel. That's a really fun one to look at. If you sure, sure. Um, first of all, uh, you guys talk about getting in the industry, but mm-hmm. what what percentage are you in right now? You know, you said you work part time. You know, how hard is it juggling that? You know, and keeping that. And then, second question is, what do you like to do the most? There's penciling. There's inking. There's Mm-hmm. Um, it's it is a little rough um, handling it for me right now. I'm uh, planning a wedding, working a part time job, and uh, writing a comic. And we just got a puppy, so <laughs> it's a lot going on right now. But it's and it's not a lot of time spent out of the house. Whenever I have lunch with a friend, it's like a big thing for me. <laughs> so I'm kind of a hermit right now. But um, to me, it'll be worth it when the book is done. Um, you know, I'll, I'll probably be all over the place outside and stuff like that, you know, when it's finally done. But I think it's, you know, hard work is worth it, you know, for the finished product. So I'm learning a lot, I think. So Yeah, real life can really uh, make making comics difficult and vice versa. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and it's interesting because, like, you're married and you're about to get married. and mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that the distribution of, like, Juggling you know, how much hard. you... Yeah, you know so many people, so many artists who are like, just don't even try to have a relationship, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I... So I love when people, like, can juggle, like, their personal lives and stuff that with yeah. their, their work. But, Bridget, you have a part-time job and you also teach at SCAD, right? Yes. Yeah, Joey, yeah. do you have I something on the side I have a part-time job as well, but I see that as sort of an accomplishment that I've able to ditch the full-time job and go down to part-time. Um, so it's process. I make like just, yeah, more, yeah, just like yeah, your art cool. style, your, how yeah. invested you are in the industry is also a process. Yeah, Definitely. I, I just yeah. did my taxes, and I am making more via comics than I do at my part-time job, but like I still don't quite... Indie comics, there's not a lot of money in it. Like Honestly, doing uh, work for SpongeBob pays better than my graphic novels, but mm-hmm. the idea is that hopefully in the long run... Uh, those books uh, will start to pick up or lead to something else that yeah. will uh, become like a very solid career or whatever. Yeah, and that's something that's good about publishing is that you do this piece of art, you put it out there, it's out there, you know. Now you can still collect a paycheck on it as time goes on, mm-hmm. and that's ideal. That's what you want to do. And the more work you have out there, the more people see your name, like your stuff, the more that they'll go back and buy all of your stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the goal, essentially. And, and having a bibliography really where, you know, if something, you know, if something is a real breakout mm-hmm. that's really popular mm-hmm. and you have a list of other things you've done, like you said, it doesn't mean that something else isn't going to get picked up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and the second part of this question is, what do you find uh, is your favorite part of the process? Is it the idea? Is it the initial sketches? Is it the finished product? I, yeah. I love inking. I mean, I, I, I've i been involved, both books I've been involved in, and the next one I'm doing right after this, like, I'm doing all of the art, so thumbnails, so the storytelling, um, pencils and inks. I love thumbnailing um, because it is figuring out the shots. It's like It's like the storyboarding process. It's so much fun. I love it. 
then pencils is just like work. You know, for me, I'm just like, oh, I have to draw this guy like a hundred times. Like, oh my God. And then inking, I'm like, yeah, like getting in there, like getting like, I'm like, this is where the art happens. Like, so I love, love, love inking. Like that's so, that's my favorite part. Also, cause then I'm like, I'm done with that page. Like, yeah. let's move on. Do you yeah. like inking other people's stuff or just yours? I've never inked other people's stuff. So oh, I don't okay. know. Like I did jokingly one of my friends like one time and it was fun, you know? It's, was, it's like, fun to yeah. work on other people i've only a little bit inked i we do my wife and i do a lot of freelance coloring and it's Mm -hmm. it's cool to get the opportunity to really study someone else's work like Mm -hmm. up close um but yeah i'd say my favorite part is inking too the thumbnailing is very satisfying but i find it exhausting like i Mm -hmm. i get wiped uh thumbnailing a lot faster than i do just because i'm thinking about so many different things mm-hmm. uh, that's kind of my writing process too i do a lot of outlines and then go straight to thumbnailing so i'm i'm thinking about a lot of stuff while i'm you know like write a script out. i do a, i do a series of tighter and tighter thumbnails mm-hmm. uh, and that part's pretty fun like coming up with the initial ideas is really fun because it's exciting uh and then thumbnailing is very satisfying but kind of tough and then I'm I'm cool with penciling. Inking is where I get to kind of go on cruise control a little bit, and mm-hmm. there's a there's thought that goes into it, but to some extent, I'm turning my brain off and just enjoying the podcast I'm listening to or whatever. And mm-hmm. and and it's the stage where the pencils start to look like a real thing. Mm-hmm. Like the pencils look like a sketchy pencil page, yeah. but then once I start inking it, it kind of looks like what a printed comic would look like, right? And so I starts uh, feeling more finished. And just, just to clarify, in case you don't know, like, thumbnailing is basically like what you would call like doing storyboard type thing where you're kind of laying out how things are going to look. So like you said, it's a very sort of vague idea for what you have. Like you said, it's more or less your script that you're going by. So that's in case you didn't know what thumbnailing yeah, sorry. was. <laughs> what about you, Bridget? I think um, I'm kind of like the opposite of you guys. I, I like the penciling part. <laughs> um, I really uh, – I've been – I write uh, my script because I write, uh, illustrate, and color it. So I'll write um, the script and then I'll draw it for the entire issue and then I'll color it. And then I'll write the script for the second issue and uh, then draw it and then color it. Um, I've been drawing and coloring for a long time and coloring for me is a drag. I really don't like it. (laughs) But, um, I mean, it can be fun sometimes, but it's probably my least favorite part. But, um the writing has been a relief to kind of get back onto because I love um, just like because uh, uh, there's a lot of Native American folklore in the comic that I'm doing. So kind of like researching that. I love reading that about that kind of stuff. Um, and then kind of like just when you connect moments between characters and different parts of the plot line, it just feels like a big puzzle and it's really fun. Anybody else? Any questions? All right, we're going to let them get back to the table. Oh, yes, sir. Um, I do uh, – I still ink with ink. I draw. I, um, I thumbnail on just a sketchbook with, like, a regular pencil. Uh, I ink on Bristol uh, at, with a, uh, usually blue. I'm using red now just because that's what I had on hand. But the color race pencils, which are these – colored pencils that are less waxy and actually erase a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, then I ink with a brush mostly. I use some crow quill, like a dipping pen, uh, for lettering and, and, and background details. And then I scan. I'll do correction. I don't do a lot with 
uh, whiteout. Um, if I have corrections, I'll just make them uh, digitally. Uh, and then if uh, I don't sell a lot of original art, but when that comes up, if there's something weirdly crazy on that page, I'll either let the person know or I'll just make the corrections then. Uh, but And then I color digitally as well. Mm-hmm. Um, my process is basically I thumbnail digitally. I like Manga Studio a lot because mm-hmm. it just feels better than drawing in Photoshop. Um, and I'll actually take each of those thumbnails and I'll like print them on mm-hmm. each like thumbnail. And it's like tiny, you know. Um, and I'll print them on like 11 by 17, like just, you know, copy paper. And I actually will light box it onto Bristol board. So then I'll take nice. like blue pencil, like, uh, like Joey was talking about. I would like to get to the point where I'm just doing tight pencils digitally and I just print blue line on Bristol board and ink right on top of that. But I haven't gotten to that point yet. Um, so I'll just, I'll pencil, uh, with a blue pencil and then ink. I really like, um, KH Martin's ink. I like Holbein ink. And I use a brush, uh, a Raphael 8404. Hey, <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> yeah, is that what you use? Brush. I think a lot of people use, <laughs> use those. Um, but uh, yeah, real brush. I used to use a pocket brush, a Pentel pocket brush, uh, which I have not been using as much anymore. I like the real brush. Mm-hmm. Um, those are good for conventions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I pencil um, on Bristol, Bristol board paper, um, and then I'll um, – I actually don't – I do thumbnails and a little side sketchbook, and then I'll do a rough pencil, and then I'll erase lines, and then I'll go in and do ink um, with a micron pen, um, and then I'll scan it in and do uh, just colors in Photoshop. So. Okay. Uh, we're going to close up now so they can get back to their table, and we can make this room available for the next panel. Uh, please see Jackie at table 421, uh, Bridget at 828, and Joey at 621. Thanks, everybody. Thank you, guys. Thank you.